Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. But actually, Sarah, I think you got that wrong. Our names are now supposedly Karen. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you know this, but we're totally Valley Girls. Soups, totes, valley girls. It's soups, totes, random, but like everyone knows that we're actually from LA and I need to go get my hair done and my nails done and get my PSL. And we're like, it's so better. Like, all we do is complain and like, bitch and like. All we do is complain or we actually giggle too much. We giggle too much and I chat too much. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop doing that voice because apparently my regular voice sounds too much like a valley girl, <laughs> according to recent reviews on iTunes, but it whatever. Just, it makes me giggle, ha, <laughs> giggle, because that pisses people off. But I just think it's so <laughs> funny that we, we constantly get this, like, we, <laughs> the negative review that we sound like valley girls saying, like, totally and awesome, and that's so cool, and, like, giggling and complaining and we're bitter and blah 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 and it's just like do you just want us to be miserable and sad I don't really know like well there's no winning honestly because either we're too bitter or negative or we're too cheerful and giggly so whatever those people can go kick rocks and the person who called us Karens I would like to tell you sir that I don't think you understand that term, and if you can't just use it against people that you disagree with, because we, I have never once in my life asked to speak to anybody's manager, okay? <laughs> exactly, and I've never had that haircut, okay? Me neither, me neither. So, you know what, asshole who wrote that about us. <laughs> and of course, it was a dude, I have to say, no offense to our guy listeners, but like, no, we have- anytime we have a negative review, almost like... 90% of the time, it's always a guy. Always. Right. We, the listeners that listen to us that are guys are all really cool and awesome. You all know who you are. Yeah. But the people who leave us bad reviews are many, many times dudes. And I, they're Mormon dudes. And they don't like what we have to say. But whatever. We're going to keep saying it. So anyways, that was my opening. That it's Karen 1 and Karen 2 here. <laughs> Coming at you from L.A. and we're Valley Girls. Karen 1 and Karen 2. But on the contrast, I do want to say yes. I received a lovely message from one of our listeners. I won't say their name in case they they don't want to have their name. But basically, they were just like, stop apologizing for being chatty. If people can't handle your personality, they should just fuck off. Oh, and I was nice. like... Thanks, you babe. Like, that's right. If you guys don't like the fact that I'm chatty or that Katie and I giggle, then just don't listen. I don't know what else to say. But it was really (laughs) nice. Newsflash, the podcast is free. So it's not like you're paying for this and then you're upset because I giggle too much or Sarah tells a sex story. I mean, if you don't like it, stop listening right now. Yeah. And those who, like, love it, they, you know. They support and they keep the podcast running. So thanks. And for those who hate it and bitch about it, keep on moving. Bye. (laughs) And speaking of 
keeping it running. We have some new patrons I want to shout out this week that yes. we're very grateful for. So we have three new patrons this week. Uh, first all, first up is Matt. Hi, Matt. Thank you so Hi, much Matt. for joining Thank us. Thank you. I think Matt, too, is a friend of Shalise, who was on the podcast a few episodes oh, that's, back. That's right. Yeah. So that's yeah. really cool, that connection. Um, next up is Cassidy. Thank you, Cassidy. Cassidy. For being <laughs> and last but not least is Carmen. So thank you, Carmen. Carmen again I'm so I'm so biased with that name because it just reminds me of my lovely niece so Mm -hmm. anyways thank you Matt and Cassidy and Carmen and as always thank you to all of our other patrons who um, keep the podcast running and to all of you guys for um, listening and for your support on social media and other other things so, yeah, thank you. we started off with thanks, just like a prayer, like always. Yes, <laughs> we are giving our gratitude here. Thank we you. sure are. Thank you. Well, do you have any other opening announcements, Sarah? Ooh, I do have just a small one, just a little okay. sneak peek, a little teaser. Kitty and I just recorded um, a short episode for Patreon and for our patrons um, to listen to, and I'm just gonna say it involves some songs and guessing. Just gonna drop it at that, <laughs> and it's real nice. It's real it's, good. So it's like a guessing game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, other than that, no. Just uh, how was your weekend, Katie? It was really good. I've been doing a lot of cooking and hanging out at home, and just kind of I don't know, kicking it. Nothing too crazy. What about you? Y'all, first of all, she's, like, downplaying it. She's been, like, fucking cooking up a storm in her kitchen, (laughs) making everybody jealous with all this yummy food. And we talked about it for a good 10 minutes before we we recorded because I'm obsessed. (laughs) And I cannot wait to, like, visit Katie and have all the food one day. I can't wait to cook for you. But I do have a little shout-out regarding that that I just remembered. So one thing that I did make that I was really excited about this past weekend was a copycat Chick-fil-A sandwich. So I like made everything from scratch and stuff and it turned out really good. And I shared it on my Instagram story and because I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, but I um, don't, I won't go to Chick-fil-A because of their association with like anti-LGBT stuff. So I was like, I posted on my stories, like take that Chick-fil-A, I can make a better one at home. And um, one of my friends who listens to the podcast, Heather, she responded and this made me like howl laughing. She responded to my picture that said, that's so light-minded, Katie. Chick-fil-A is God's temple. If people knew they could create their own happiness, they'd all become little chef demons like you and damned to H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> so that was amazing. That's so funny. So good. So good. Oh, my God. Yes, I feel like I need to invest in an air fryer now because I – love Chick-fil-A food but I hate Chick-fil-A so now it's like this dilemma of like I really want their food but I can't support them because they're assholes and now this is like the perfect solution well yeah also the fact that I don't even live in the state so I can't support them if I want <laughs> yeah but you, you know what I mean yeah just um, make it for yourself anyway enough about me how was your weekend <laughs> 
Yeah, it was good. Many of you who follow me on my personal Instagram saw that I was in London. I was living life there. It was perfect weather. I just, I, I kept telling this to Katie and everyone who's asked me because you guys, I've been to London, I think close to 10 times now. And it's always been like rainy most of the time. Maybe you have like half a day of sun, but most of the time mm-hmm. it's like cloudy and dreary or rainy or cold and this time like I went there like really pale and I've come back with a tan it's like I went on holiday to like a beach resort or something <laughs> like I just can't get over it like it was such nice weather went for lots of cycles I cycled on the wrong side of the road <laughs> <laughs> I probably would too <laughs> um but yeah it was like my first time cycling on the left side and ate lots of yummy food a lot of Steak and pie, uh, steak pie, like steak and mushroom pie and like crumpets Yum. and all the yummy, yummy things. Afternoon tea with the grandma. It was so cute. So cute. Horrible. That's sweet. Yeah. So I had a really nice time. It was lovely. I even said things like knackered to Katie because I'm, <laughs> apparently I'm not British and I'm not. Yeah. So I was messaging Sarah. We were figuring out our schedule, our recording schedule and timing and all that and she was like I'll let you know I might be a little bit knackered and I was like oh she's turning into a Brit it was the cutest thing I was like that's the cutest word knackered. I know it's adorable I'm obsessed with them and Greg's family of course is absolutely lovely so it was just nice but anyways we will get on to our topic which is a fun one I feel like we can have like multiple parts and like for this episode, because I think yeah. we can just do quite a few with them. Totally. But should I but, say it? Yes, go ahead. It? You go guys, ahead. we're doing crazy ass Bible stories. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say before we begin, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Bible here and we're going to be making fun of it. So if you are offended by that, If you're still a Christian and you feel like that's blasphemous, you might want to skip this episode because we're not going to be reverent. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because we do have, you know, quite a few listeners who are still practicing Christians. And we, of course, do not want to offend you. So um, this is like a little heads up. Don't listen to this episode because it might offend you. But we still love and welcome you always. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Listen if you want. Listen to it and, you know, have a giggle with us if you want. But if not, that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. All right, Sarah, why don't you do, should we take turns saying some crazy ones? Maybe yeah. we have the same ones that we picked out. Yeah, let's take turns. Let's Can't do a go- little. What's it called? Um, ball, no, <laughs> Raleigh, Raleigh. I can't speak when you like hit the ball back and forth. Bali. Bally. Oh, a volley. Yeah. A volley. Like, oh my volley God. English is hard, you guys. <laughs> I haven't heard of that in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. okay you go so I picked this one and I don't even know if you've heard of this one. So a little background on this. I took a Bible as literature class at BYU. Mm-hmm. And it was taught by this professor who was like in his seventies. He was like the most popular professor at BYU Um, you had to like really sign up for his class like as soon as it dropped and it was mostly seniors who were in there because they had priority with signing up with classes and like it was just full as soon as it opened because he was just really great 
Um, anyways, I really enjoyed him, and it was the first time. I thought it was interesting that BYU offered this class because it was kind of the first space in which I was allowed to see the Bible as literature and as stories and parables rather than truth and, like, history. Uh-huh. So it kind of, like, I already thought that way, but this was the first time that I was like, oh, wow, like, no, it's, like, I'm actually studying it as literature and not as the truth. So this one, have you heard of the Book of Judith? Yes, but I don't know, I don't know any stories that come to mind. I'm not up on my biblical stories that well. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give a high-level version of this. So this is a book that actually isn't in the current Bible. So oh, like okay. in, in the New James version. So like if you were to pick up your Bible, like in what we had as a Mormon and maybe now I'm like second guessing myself. So maybe I should like do some better research, but I'm pretty sure I learned about this in this class. And the professor was saying that it was, it's like in certain Bible versions, but not in the standard, like New James, uh, sorry, King James version. Okay. Yeah. New new news to me. Whoa, I just stuttered so much. <laughs> but now I'm like totally second guessing myself. I feel like I need to get like the Bible out and check on it. Okay. Well, anyways, we'll do a little fact check at the end and everyone is going to be like, you're a fucking idiot because it's actually in King James version. Um, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> so it probably is. Um, shit. I just looked no, wait, okay, you guys, I did a quick Google. It is excluded from the Hebrew canon and assigned by Protestants to their blah, blah, blah. So I don't think it, it's in, like, is included in Catholic and Orthodox Old Testament, but not in Protestant. Oh, okay. okay anyway, makes- hey, it doesn't matter, whatever. That's probably all wrong, and you guys are going to be like, this is why Sarah should not do the research, and Katie should always do the research. Oh, shut up, whatever. Because <laughs> of this fact right now. You guys are probably all <laughs> screaming at your phone or whatever device you listen to the podcast, and you're being like, you idiot, it is in the King James Version. Like, why are you so dumb? <laughs> Anyways, okay. I picked this one because I actually thought it was interesting. It's... um. I, I most of the time women in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon aren't necessarily portrayed as like strong and powerful or they're no. like dependent on men or they have to be like, you know, virtuous and virgins. And that's how they become a saint is because they refrain from being tempted to have sex and blah, blah, blah. But this one wasn't the case. So I'm credit goes to Wikipedia for all of my sources. <laughs> <laughs> but just a little high cap. So this, so Judith is a widow, and basically she is upset with her fellow countrymen because they don't trust God to deliver them from, like, they have these invaders coming in. No one's trusting them, so she's, like, pretty upset with them. So she takes initiative herself, and she goes with, I think it's like her maiden goes with her to the camp of like the campsite of the enemy. Uh And basically she like seduces him so that she can get information. I know that bitch. (laughs) She's a dirty bitch and I love it. Um, She She has a WAP. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she got WAP and I love it. Um, So she gets the information, like she gains his trust, gets his information, blah, blah, blah. And then 
she basically is allowed to go to his tent one night and she he's drunk. This is like a typical biblical slash Book of Mormon story. He's drunk, so then she cuts off his head, <laughs> takes his head back to like her fellow countryman and is like, Look at here, I have the head, like they lost their leader. I just saved Israel, blah, 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 blah. And basically, yeah, that's the story. She like Israel. And there's so much beheading in scripture. It's wild. So much, so much. And it's like it's it's in the way it's usually the way that I've read it is that's usually like the quote unquote righteous person cutting off the head of someone that's I guess whatever evil or drunk and they're like the hero of the story when actually they're a murderer. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I also, I can't remember, I couldn't find it when I was researching, if this is the story or if there's another story. There is a story of a woman in the Bible who kills someone by using basically like those, those um, uh, like pegs that are used to hold down tents. Oh, like uh-huh. she uses one of those to kill someone. And I, I thought it was Judith, but when they said that she, like he was decapitated, I'm like, I don't think that's possible with like a. Ooh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be gory, right? Yeah, but maybe so. Or maybe just the version that I read in that class was yeah. wrong. I don't know. Either way, it's an interesting story that you just never, like I had never heard of that story. No, me neither. That's really great because there's not much about women either that are actually doing something as the main character in the Bible. So that was a great one. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. Sorry. Your turn. So mine is more well known. This first one is more well known, but it's just so weird to me that I'm like, how is this a story that people just buy? So it's the story of... Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, which I'm oh, sure. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, yeah. So, I'll just do yeah a big, a very vague <laughs> recap uh, in case people haven't heard. But Lot is a man. He's living in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he's in his home. And these angels come to his home to like visit him or whatever. And he invites them inside and gives them a meal and washes their feet because, you know, as you do. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the all the men of the town come over and circle Lot's house and they're pounding on the door and they're yelling, let us in, let us in, because they want to rape the angels. <gasps> yeah, they want to have sex, but that's raping because they're not consenting. These male angels that have come to visit and Lot goes out on the porch and is like, I will not let you rape those angels because they were sent by God. They're holy. But what I do have is my two daughters. Would you like to rape them? And the villagers all say, no, we don't want the women gross. We want the angels. And because of this, because they were wanting to do that. The angels use their power to make all of the people, all of the villagers blind. And then God gets really upset and he sets Sodom and Gomorrah on fire. And Lot, the, the angels leave 
and Lot and his family, his wife and his two daughters, leave the city. They're running as fast as they can because everything's on fire. And God says, keep running and don't look back. Well, Lot's wife decides she wants one more glance back at her city. And when she turns and looks, God gets really pissed off and is like, I told you not to look at the burning city. So he turns her into a pillar of salt. You guys, I just want to highlight this one little part. Growing up in the church, in the Mormon church, and maybe in other Christian sects as well, the story behind the city and Lot and his wife are not told. All that is emphasized is that Lot's wife is disobedient. Yep. And because of that, she turns into a pillar of salt. I never even heard of this, the part before that Katie talked about. All yeah. I was ever taught was that it was a wicked city and they had to escape. And Lot's wife, typical woman, typical was woman. disobedient and unfaithful. And she looked at, like she turned around and took the last look at the city and turned into a pillar of salt. Yep. Because God is so kind and loving and understanding. (laughs) And and Mormons and Christians aren't sexist at all. At all. No, 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 no. But this story gets, I would say, maybe worse. I don't know. Pretty bad. And I didn't know this part either. But if you read, it's just in Genesis chapter 18 and 19. um, After, So now it's just Lot and his two daughters because his wife has been turned into a pillar of salt. And they... They leave they leave the city and they're living in a cave and his daughters are speaking with each other saying, how are we going to help humankind survive because everybody else died in the fires and they decide it's a good idea to get their father drunk, get Lot drunk and take turns having sex with him. So they both become pregnant and they multiply and replenish the earth. I do remember this vaguely, but I pushed it so far in the back of my head because I was just like, this can't be something that is taught and it's like, that we believe. It's gross. I feel like even if, you know, even from a literary, if it's just literature perspective, it's like, ew, that's gross. But then there are, are people who believe the Bible to be literal and believe that Lot was a man of God and that God wanted all of this, supposedly. And that's oh, gross. God, that's so gross. I know. And that's this is the part, too, where I struggled so much accepting that the Bible was literal. But mm-hmm. I was always told, like, it is like it's a testament. You know, they're both testaments of the gospel and of God and his righteousness. And even though you have the Old Testament God, and the New Testament God, um, and we teach that, you know, the God is consistent. He is consistent in his teachings, but in his ways of carrying things out, change basically is what we're taught. And like, yeah, that it's, it's literal. Like these are things that actually happened and not just like metaphors and stories so that you exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's so when you think about that, like, even like you said, if this was just supposed to be like an example of how to be faithful or whatever, it's still fucking gross. And then if it's literal, it's even more disgusting. Yes, it's uh, totally yes. bonkers. Okay, that was my first one. Your turn again. Oh, it's my turn. Let me get my little notes out. 
Um, okay, so the second one is a quite common one that I just, I never believed to be true. Um, and I went through the temple. What a sinner I am. What a sinner. I just, I just couldn't wrap my head around this being a true story. So Jonah and the well. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like I, even as a child, it seemed so Disney-like to me. It was like, this can't be real. It was like the silly, I just thought it was so silly, like a children's book. And I just couldn't, yeah. And like you're saying, even as a kid, I just remember thinking like, this is a children's, like this is imaginary, like this isn't real. And then as you got into like, you know, your teens and seminary and they're like, this is a true story. I was like, really? Um, okay, so for those who aren't familiar with Jonah and the well, so Jonah was a prophet, um, and I think he has his own book in the Bible, like, I think it's book of Jonah, I could be wrong, but, you know, I think it is, and basically God tells him, okay, you need to travel to this particular city, and you need to warn the people that God is upset and that there's going to be a huge wrath that will be released upon him. And God like, is always mad. Yeah. I'm so angry. He's bitter. He's a Karen. God's a Karen. <laughs> He's a Karen. Hell. He's chill out. <laughs> He's a fucking chill out. Grow out his hair. Get rid of those chunky highlights and just stop it. <laughs> Ugh, what a bitch. Anyway, (laughs) um, so Jonah's like, nah, bitch, I'm going to pass. He doesn't go there. Instead, he takes a ship to another city because he's just like, I don't want to do it. I'm going to try to hide from God because (laughs) that makes sense. Um, (laughs) He gets caught in the storm. And then um, I I don't really remember this part. I can't remember if the ship. Like, the crew members cast him overboard, or if he says, like, hey, cast me overboard. Um, Can't really remember. But either way, he ends up in the sea, and he's swallowed by a well. Slash giant fish, because they don't really know, because the direct translation is really, like, a giant fish and not a well. But either way, he's, like, swallowed by this creature. And then, basically, he's in the fish until he decides to repent and he agrees to go to the city that God tells him to. And then, once he does, God's like, okay, fish, vomit him up. So then the whale, this big fish slash whale, vomits him out into the shore. Jonah goes, convinces the city to repent. He just chills outside the city waiting for destruction and then, yeah, God, like, protects him. I don't remember this part. I'm looking at my notes. I got this from Wikipedia. It says, God shields Jonah from the sun with a plant, but later sends a worm to cause it to wither. <laughs> when Jonah complains of the bitter heat, God rebukes him. Oh. I don't remember that part, but that's even that's way more cartoonish and funny. It really um, is. All of it is. <laughs> yeah, and you guys, like, this is legit. Like, we're we don't make this shit up. This is in the Bible, and we're like, you're taught that this is literal. Like, if you don't do what God wants you to do, He's gonna cause a well to swallow you, and you're just gonna chill in its stomach for three days until you repent, and then God will be like, "All right, well, throw him up." Oh, can you imagine the smell? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> break. It's just so, yeah, it's, it's so much of like fear and control. And if you don't obey God, he's going to turn you into a pillar of salt or you're going to get swallowed by a giant whale. So just obey, obey, just obey, obey, obey. Fucking obey. Yep. Okay. Well, along those lines of obedience, um, one that I just wrote down, I didn't even really write the story, but one that came to mind was the story of Abraham and Isaac. <gasps> I almost wrote that one down, but I didn't. So I'm so glad. Yeah. And I just feel like this one's really well known, but this one, even as a young kid, it bothered me as well. So essentially you can help me out here if I get any of this wrong, but Abraham is commanded by God to take Isaac up the mountain and sacrifice him. Yep. And they Abraham convinces Isaac to come along, Isaac not knowing what his father is planning, which to me this sounds like a scary movie where the father has voices in his head telling him that he thinks it's God speaking to him, but he's going crazy and he needs to kill his son because God said so. And they get to this area where he's going to sacrifice Isaac. He ties him down and everything and he's about to do it. And then an angel appears and says, you were faithful to God. You are rewarded and you don't have to kill Isaac here. You can kill this goat instead, which is also shitty. Don't kill goats. (laughs) Yeah. But to me, I just thought, what kind of a God would be that sadistic and sinister? And then what kind of a person would actually go through with almost killing their own son? And also, wouldn't Isaac be pissed after this? Like, Dad, you were about to kill me. What the hell? Well, and that's the thing is I, God, my memory's so bad now the older I get. I can't remember if I was watching something on Netflix or <laughs> literally if Katie, you and I have talked about this on a podcast. I don't even know. But I just remember um, hearing like a a religious person making the point of like, you know, Abraham made this great sacrifice. But think about Isaac and how much of a sacrifice he made and like how faithful he was that he was like willing to go through or allow his dad to sacrifice him because of like he was so faithful and blah, blah, blah. It's gross. It's just disgusting. And like you said, like, this is the part that I find, uh, I just find so hard to, to grasp in understanding. And, and I felt this way as a Mormon, but how can the Old Testament God be so angry and like really violent and like horrible, like just a horrible, horrible God. And then all of a sudden he changes in the New Testament because Christ is in the picture. Like, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's all bullshit, as we know. But (laughs) it's funny, too, because I feel like people like to use the excuse that, you know, it was a different time and you have to read it in context. But they also, if you're a Bible literalist, you don't even think that this was that long ago. They think that the earth is only 6,000 years old, which granted, that's a long time, but not so long ago that all of this crazy shit would be happening and God, you know, I feel like 6,000 years to God is like a day. I don't know. I wouldn't even know, but yeah, <laughs> it's just no, funny how they say yeah. he's the same always. He's always been the same and he's always had the same plan, but 
he was extremely cruel and violent. I feel like in the entire Bible, I mean, of course he got better, supposedly. I mean, this is all fake, but (laughs) better when Jesus was around. And it's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. The birth of Jesus in the Bible, just (laughs) the fact that Mary was supposedly a virgin. It's like, poor Joseph. He's like, you know what, Mary? (laughs) You can just tell me who the father is. You don't have to say that this little baby was miraculously born and you're still a virgin. That's not how it works. No. I... (laughs) Yeah. Again, even as a devout Mormon, I found that very troublesome. And I just couldn't, like, I remember just, I asked this question a few times. I was like, but did God actually have sex with Mary? Or, like, did he just magically put a baby in her womb? Or is Mary just lying? (laughs) Like... Something is just like it needs some explaining. You can't just say she got pregnant as a virgin. Like there, there, something needs to be explained. We need Mari Povich to go do a DNA <laughs> test and say, Joseph, you in fact are not the father, and God, you in fact are not the father. Mary, where did this come from? <laughs> she she met someone at the well. She okay. sure did. I know she, she did. did, and it's. It's Bob. That's it. <laughs> it's Bob. It was Bob all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I only have three stories, so I'll do my next one. But I do have just the title okay. I want to say. <laughs> like, um, So I did three Old Testament stories, and then I was like, oh, let me do a New Testament one. So I started to, to type in. I just typed in Google, like, New Testament stories, and the LDS website one pops up like one of the first So their, their SEO is great. That Mormon church, you know, has great Mm -hmm. SEO. Um, And I clicked on it and it's like a lesson for children. And so you can like view the PDF where they have lots of pictures and very limited words, but the title that I picked, because I was looking at the table of contents and the one that this is on the table of contents and is the title of the lesson. Jesus forgives a woman. Because <laughs> of course she's not named, right? She's just a but woman. She's not named, but it sounds like all women are sinners and are these like like a species of like right, right. you know, it's like Jesus, like if you replace it with like Jesus forgives an orc or a demon <laughs> or whatever, it's like a woman he forgives. Oh. A woman. Wow, that's revolutionary. Yeah, and then I tried to read it, and I just got so pissed off that I just stopped and said, I'm just going to do the title. It pisses me off as it is. Um, okay, <laughs> so the other one then. So that was just the title. But the other, my last story is David and Bathsheba. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, remind me about this. Yeah, okay, so this is the one that I also found very problematic um, reading it, and I just, I still find it very problematic. So, you know, David is the David who eventually becomes King David. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, his background. So, and then I got this, I don't remember what source it was. I think it was, like, a old test, like, a, a different Christian source. Um, not LDS and not Wikipedia, but something else. 
and sorry guys not given not citing my sources like i should um but it starts off by saying the story of david and bathsheba reminds us of how great men who are called by god are still humans and struggle with sin okay okay i'm remembering (laughs) yes this is king david and basically he stays home in Jerusalem, and then the rest of the, I think it's Israelite army, they have to fight all these other countries and kingdoms and stuff. And David's like, nah, y'all go fight, because I'm the king. I'm going to relax, take a little dip in the jacuzzi, <laughs> drink my wine, just chill on the rooftop. And as he's doing that, he looks over and sees this like gorgeous woman who's bathing herself on the roof. Mm-hmm. And David is like, oh, shit, I want to swipe right on that. <laughs> so he was drawn to her and then he's like, OK, I'm going to send out my messengers, which is also really creepy. But we can, you know, the whole Bible is just creepy. But basically, he just sends out his people and is like, go find out who she is. And they find out the name and that she's married. So she's married mm-hmm. to this guy named Uriah. So that and means she's owned. She's yeah, someone else's she's property. She's owned. She's someone else's property. But King David's like doesn't care. He still was like sin for her. So she didn't have a choice. Like he basically is like she needs to come here and sleeps with her. And then she gets pregnant because of that. Mm. And so then he's like, ah oh, shit, like it's this is adultery. Like I'm going to, this is a huge sin. And if people find out, then, you know, I, my sin will be on display. So he calls for her husband to basically come home and spend the night with her. So he calls, like he basically brings back her husband, so Bathsheba's husband from fighting in the war Mm-hmm. Says, like come home and spend the night with your wife to cover up the fact that she's pregnant oh. but then he could say like oh it's actually his child not mine this is some game of thrones shit i know right mm-hmm. and then so basically the husband he like refuses to sleep with his wife because he's like listen my fellow men are off fighting i'm not going to just come home and like while they're out fighting, blah, blah, blah. So then King David gets really even more pissed and is like, all right, whatever. So when he goes, when Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, goes back to war, King David's like, okay, I'm going to actually put him on the front line. So he like commands or like sends a note to the commander and says like, put him on the front line and make sure he dies basically. Like, so he does. And then oh. once he dies in battle, like David marries Bathsheba and I can't remember. Oh, yeah. And then another prophet like visits um, King David and says, like, you know what? God's like real pissed at you. And um, <laughs> that so like he's he's angry because he's like the Old Testament God. Right. And the wrath. And he's like, hey, even though you repented of your sin, of your sins of like adultery and you know murder (laughs) um (laughs) your son the one that Bathsheba is pregnant with is like expect he expects that he would die oh like as a curse so yes that's that story and like King David like 
this is glorified for sure. You know how they're always yeah. like, oh, he committed sin, but then he like repented and he goes on to be like such a righteous man. I always remember it being told to me too, as Bathsheba was to me, it often sounded like she was like the perpetrator because she was bathing naked where he could see. And like, she was tempting him. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Total victim blaming and like, biblical slut shaming even though she's not even slutting she's just bathing no she was literally just bathing and he made her like he sends his messengers and is like hey go get her she has to sleep with me and we all know that if a fucking king tells you to do something back then you do it like you the woman didn't have a choice so it's probably like you sleep with him or you die like yeah oof oof so dark (laughs) i know okay your story. Okay. I have, this is short, but interesting. And I, this is from first Samuel chapter uh, 18 verse 27. And I don't know if this is the same David, but I think it might be like before he was a king. Anyway. Okay. Um, so the, the verse says, wherefore David arose and went he and his men and slew of the Philistines 200 men and David brought their foreskins and they gave them in full tale to the king that he might be the king's son-in-law and Saul gave him his daughter to wife so basically David really wants to marry this woman but her father who is the king (laughs) says you can't marry her unless you bring me a hundred foreskins of my enemies. (laughs) And so David is like, I am bound and determined to get this woman as my wife. And he goes out with his men. And instead of only killing a hundred of the enemies, he kills 200 of them and snips off the foreskins of their penises and brings 200 foreskins back to the king so that he can marry his daughter. What? (laughs) It's so bizarre to me, the whole fascination with the foreskins in the Bible. Oh, my God. They're obsessed with it, right? They're obsessed. I think that's why, especially in the States, circumcision is so popular because of this religious affiliation towards it. Oh, my God. I just, like, I keep seeing this image of 100-plus foreskins dangling in the air. And they're just bloody. (laughs) like, a gnarly necklace made out of them. Ew, Sarah, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I gross? Why does my head go to these things? Okay, I I have another gross Bible verse that makes me giggle. Yes, please. Ezekiel chapter 23 verse 20 and it says there she lusted after her lovers whose genitals were like those of donkeys and whose omission was like that of horses (laughs) so she wanted a man who had a dong that looked like a donkey's and whose ejaculation (laughs) yeah and who had like ejaculate like a horse it's so gross I never want to say those words ever again but I found that in my search and I was like why is this in the bible what is this doing in here (laughs) 
You would think if you read the Bible that, like, Christians were some kinky motherfuckers and not, like, all about suppressing sex and sexual desires because that (laughs) is not what's shown in the Bible at all. They're kinky and violent and just terrible. (laughs) Oh, my God. And, you guys, we haven't even touched on, like, 5% 5% of the stories like there are so oh. many you know I had like a whole section that I wrote out about Noah and the flood and his ark but I thought as we were going I'm like you know let's just save this for a whole other episode because I feel like we could talk about that for a really long time there's lots of aspects to it <laughs> but yeah there's so many other stories in the bible that we could go on and on and on (laughs) exactly and if you guys have any good ones that are like ones that are really rare and never talked about or ones like the book of judith that i talked about in the beginning which i did google you guys and (laughs) it's in the catholic and eastern orthodox christian old testament but not in protestant bibles okay yeah just clarify but it's supposedly the perfect word of God, yet there are like hundreds of translations of it. <laughs> exactly. And it's just weird that some of them wanted it in there and some didn't, whatever. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any stories like that that are just like really, because we all know that even as a Mormon, like you're taught that you're supposed to read the Bible from start to finish and the Book of Mormon, but no one really does that. If anyone who's listening has done it and they're like fluent in the Bible, please let me know because I struggled. I tried to get through the Bible multiple times and I was like, I'm just going to lie and say that I read it because I can't. <laughs> um, I've read but like, it. I know like my mom grew up like in a Baptist church and she was like very well versed in the Bible. Like she could quote, yeah. but most of it again is like new Testament. Like I, we're, we're much more like Mormons are taught much more like to focus on the new Testament and the new and the book of Mormon. I think yeah. it's because they know that if like Mormons took a deep dive in the old Testament, they're like, this is batshit crazy. And <laughs> I can't believe this. Um, anyway, like yeah, in, yeah, the New Testament is even played down compared to the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is the main book, and then they have the Bible, and yeah, they will reference the New Testament, but it's really so much more focused in the Book of Mormon. So even if there are some weird things you come across in the Bible, they're like, oh, no, focus more on the Book of Mormon. It's more, you know, has the continuing revelation, even though there's weird stuff in there, too, like we've talked about before, which we haven't even barely scratched the surface on the weird stories in the Book of Mormon. No. But I also find it funny that anytime there's, like, a weird like Bible verse that's discussed in the Mormon church, like, cause it happens so often where like you're at, you're like called upon to read like a certain verse, but then maybe your eyes start to wonder and you keep reading and you're like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> and then you like say something in your Sunday school class and they're like, well, the Bible is, is true as far as it's translated to be like, it's, you know, it's translated partially accurate. So there are some parts that are true. And then basically any other part that sounds weird or, 
you know, isn't very Christian or Christ-like, they're like, oh, that was just a mistranslation. It's not. (laughs) How convenient for them. Even (laughs) though a lot of the weird stuff I think they hold on to as being true, like all of the times when God killed the entire population and even the creation in Adam and Eve, many of them hold on to that being totally true. And it's like, that's proven to be false people, but whatever. (laughs) We'll do what they want to do. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Wraps up our first of probably a few of weird, bizarre Bible stories. <laughs> I know. Oh, it brings me back. I feel like we need to have like, a, we should create totally just Burke. Sorry, guys. We should create our own like children's book for Bible stories. <gasps> just tell like the actual truth of what happened. It'd be like a scary book for children, honestly. It'd be, it like really a, it'd be like it'd be like goosebumps, but Bible stories. Yeah, or like the original like um, fairy tale stories that are like mostly German and how they're yes. like horrific. They're so oh. scary. <laughs> Anyways, okay, guys, we love you. Have a great week. Be safe out there, especially during this pandemic. Make sure to take care of your physical health and your mental health. And, uh, yeah, practice social distancing and be safe. Wear your damn mask, okay? Okay, bye. Bye.